Now we've been in a series talking about an overcoming life. And some of you know this, but some of you may not. I was going away for a conference and I had five messages a day preached and taught to me. And I was, I was there Monday through Friday, so at the end of the week I'd had uh, 25 different messages preached to me. But at the beginning of the week, the Lord said, when you go home, I want you to preach about an overcoming life. Now, when I, when I heard that, I was thinking to the Lord, I thought, well, Lord, I, uh, I'm going to hear a bunch of messages this week. And I'm sure I'll have a lot of things to pull from and a lot of material and and, but I knew what he had said. I said, so that's interesting that you've told me to preach on an overcoming life. That's very interesting. Well, from the time he told me that, that was like on Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It was like, and I, I've said this, it was like all hell broke loose. I mean, it, back here with where I was at, and it was just an attack after attack after attack. Why? Because when you get close to what God has for you, the devil's not just going to sit by. He is an enemy. He will try. Even when Jesus, he went after Jesus in the wilderness, but he couldn't beat Jesus. So he, you notice what it says. It says he, he was looking for a more opportune time. He wasn't giving up. He was just going to look for a better opportunity. And that's a great thing. Now listen. Because just because the devil's out there doesn't mean he automatically wins. He was looking for an opportune time because that time didn't work. Uh, Well, with Jesus, it never worked. And this is the thing. That same Jesus, if you know him in intimacy like we were talking about before, if you know him, he lives in you and you live in him. That same Jesus that the devil could not beat, he can't beat him still today. And if he's in you, he can't beat you if you'll live by his ways. Now, in this verse here, it says this. I love this. It says, these things I've spoken to you that you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. Now, if you are in him and he's in you, and then you also have overcome the world when you will apply Jesus and his ways in your life. In other words, there is no situation that you can step in front of that it doesn't have to bow to the Jesus in you. But the question is, do you know it and are you living by it? Do you know those things and are you living by it? Today we're going to talk about KFA. KFA. They're going to put this up here. KFA. Anybody know what KFA is? Well, I can tell you. I can tell you. You know... Just because you come up with a good acronym doesn't mean you should put it on the screen sometimes, especially in today's urban world. I got a pastor friend right now, and he doesn't need to have the username he's got on one of his social media accounts because he don't know what it means to uh, a younger generation, but it ain't good. <laughs> I'm like, dude, go, go like Google Urban Dictionary or something, but stop putting that up there. And he, I, Anyway... So I I looked it up. I made sure it was good and clean before I put it up there. But this is what we're going to talk about today is KFA. And one of the things that's interesting about KFA is, does anybody know what it means yet? Maybe somebody who's seen it. But it doesn't stand for Korean Football Association. It doesn't stand for that. It doesn't stand for uh, the Kansas Farmers Association. Uh, It doesn't stand for the Keep Fit Association. 
or the knife fighting academy. It doesn't, it doesn't mean Korean film archive. What it does stand for is this, is knowledge, faith, and action. KFA. And that's what I want you to remember. Knowledge, faith, and action. In order to move into overcoming, you've got to move into the place where you know what God has said and how to operate in Him. Then you've got to choose to believe those things. You've got to put faith on it. But then faith without works is dead. You've got to take action on it. And I just want us to look at some of these scriptures. Did you know that there is no situation you can find yourself in that the overcomer won't be the overcomer for you? Whether it be sickness or whether it be lack or poverty or, or whether, it, whether it be a bondage that's been in your life, Jesus is that overcomer and he will help you overcome. But you've got to get to the place where you know that. See, what most people have accepted is the status quo of the earth and of the world, but they don't realize that the world was corrupted in their ways and in their thinking. And so, I mean, if you get sick today, everybody thinks, well, just go get, you know, just go get a flu shot. Well, why? Why do you think it's right to just go get a flu shot? Because the world teaches you you're, you're wrong if you don't go get that. Well, here's the thing. I don't move by what the world says. I'm supposed to be led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Romans 8 said those the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Now, if the Holy Spirit tells me to go get a flu shot, I'll go get a flu shot. But if he doesn't tell me to go get that, I'm not going to get it. In other words, many people are not walking in such a relationship that they trust that God will tell them what to do. And so they just assume that everything the world tells me is normal and natural. And it's not. Many times it's the exact opposite of God's normal. It's the exact opposite of God's natural. And we've got to get to the place where we have knowledge about what God has actually said and promised and walked in. See, I know that you can apply the word. You can start praying. You can start praying in the Holy Ghost. You can start praying out scriptures. You can start praying out promises. And then you can start to know that on that tree, he bore our sins and our sicknesses. You can know that God sent his word and healed them. You can know how Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. You can know that by his stripes, we were healed. See, all of this is like medicine to us and it keeps us full of life, overflowing with life. But if you don't know that those promises are there in the Bible, you're not going to live by them. We've got to have knowledge that there's an overcomer on the inside of us. We've got to have knowledge that there is something going on inside of us when we know Jesus that's bigger than what we've been facing. Because what the devil does, you remember back at the beginning of this series, what the devil does is he tries to come and he tries to keep putting pressure on you until you will relent. But when you start to realize, hey, I've got somebody who's in on the inside of me who's bigger than you are. You're not the only one who's trying to dish out pressure. I've got a pressure on you, devil, and you won't stand in front of me because of Jesus inside of me. You're going to have to bow. You're going to have to give. Now, the devil's not just going to back off because you learn that information. But you, once you start learning who you are in Christ, you can start to walk in these things and know these things. And when you know them, believe them, and take action on them, knowledge, 
faith and action, it will move you into the place of being an overcomer. So the first thing I want to talk about this morning is some knowledge. Let's look at these scriptures here. Now, I don't know if they have this ready or not, but you can go to BC, like Boomerang Church, bcnotes.org. And if you have a phone or a tablet, you can pull that up. And right there at the top will be uh, uh, notes, a PDF notes that you can look at talking about an overcoming life. If you do pull those up, go to about page 10. Because that's how many scriptures there were before page 10. Page 10... At the bottom, it's point number four says this, know that you have everything you need to overcome in Christ. Know this. You know, sometimes I'll preach and it'll be funny the whole time. And sometimes I'll preach and I won't have notes. And sometimes I'll preach and it'll just be like the anointing is flowing the whole time. And sometimes I'll preach and it'll be teaching. This morning is teaching. And that's just as anointed as preaching. Because when the word comes at you, it will accomplish what it was sent to do. We're teaching this morning. You need to have these notes. You need to review them for yourself over in, we read earlier, Acts 17, 28. In him we live and move and have our being. In verse 11 it says this. It says that the Bereans were more noble than others because they would take the message, they would take it, go home, study it for themselves and find out if what Paul said was true. Find out if it was true. This is, a, this is a noble thing for us to get these uh, notes, to get these scriptures and go and study them and meditate on them and speak them in our lives and confess them. We need to study to show ourselves approved. In 2 Peter verse 1, chap, chapter 1, verse 2, excuse me. 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4. We need to know, hear this, we need to know that we have everything we need in Christ. And who can have Christ? Anybody that receives Him, anybody that believes on Him can have Christ. Look at this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, what he's about to say is going to take grace which is an empowerment and favor of God, and open it up, multiply it in your life. It's going to take peace and multiply it in your life. What's going to do that? What he's about to say. So if we'll pay attention and do what he's about to say, we will have grace and peace multiplied to us. So then it says it's grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You see what he says grace and peace will be multiplied for? What did it say? In the knowledge. See, we got to know faith begins where the will of God is known. In other words, how can you choose to believe something if you don't know that it's a thing? To believe something, I've got to know it's a thing. I've got to have knowledge of it. Faith begins where I know it, where I have knowledge of it. But then it begins not only when I know it mentally, but the more I meditate on it, something happens. It drops from our mind into our heart. And all of a sudden that promise comes alive. Many of you, I know over time, you'll listen to a promise of God. Maybe it's by his stripes we're healed. And uh, it's not, I'm not waiting on healing. I was healed. I'm healed now. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. 
I have full. He was made poor so that I might be rich, right? All of a sudden you can listen to those promises and all of a sudden it, it hits you. And you had knowledge. You might have even could have quoted the scripture. But one day you meditate on it. You meditate on it. You meditate on it. And what you had in your head drops down into your heart and it becomes you. It moves from just having knowledge about it, maybe amen preacher. It moves from just having an amen preacher attitude to glory to God, this is mine. This is mine. I have it. When that happens, you pray and it happens. When you move, that's, that's what's called rhema. It becomes alive to you. And faith is built on rhema. It's not just knowledge that it's out there. Remember it says, hey, even the demons believe and tremble, but they don't have faith on God as their savior. They know he's there, but this is a deeper knowledge. This is knowing it, what it's called as mental ascent. It's not just knowing it where you can agree with it. It's knowing it that you live by it. You live by it, right? So when I'm talking about being led by God, I have a knowledge of living by God. I trust what he can tell me more than other people tell me. I've had people lie to me and the Holy Ghost say, they lie. And I learned to trust it. Over time, I, I didn't trust me and my ability to hear it. But over time, I learned, man, the Holy Ghost, he'll tell you. He'll show you. He'll point that stuff out. And it's good for us to check that and have confirmations. I mean, I shouldn't just go up and be like, you're lying. You're lying. You're lying. That's not, that's not a good practice if you want to have any friends, you know. But it's, uh, it, it is good for us to learn. But here's what I'm saying. His relationship has gotten so strong, and I've not just had it in my mind, but I've gotten it in my heart. I, I have it in my life that I've learned to rely on his relationship. When I need something, he'll be there. When I need something, he'll be there. This is the kind of knowledge that I'm talking about, that when I need something, he'll be there. When we first started the church, uh, multiple times when we first started the church, uh, and, and I was never planning on God doing this. Y'all see it happen a lot now, but I was thinking he'll give me a message throughout the week. You know, on Saturday, if I don't have it finished by then, I'll spend a lot of time with Jesus. And uh, then he'll give me a message and notes. And then I'll wake up Sunday morning fully prepared, ready to go. And it'll be beautiful and marvelous. And everybody will be like, oh, glory to God. And I can't tell you, the first year, like many times, the first year, I'd get up and I'd be like Saturday night, like, Lord, I got to preach in the morning. What am I supposed to preach? What am I supposed to preach? Like, I'm nervous about it. I, what are you going to have me preach? I go to bed going, Lord, please give me something. I don't want to hear. Hey, y'all, welcome to Boomerang. I'm so glad you're here today. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have something to feed, feed the sheep, right? I wanted to have something, but the Lord wouldn't give me anything. Not when I thought I needed it. Well, what he was teaching me was to rely on him. He was teaching me to rely on him. Now, maybe he, he, maybe you're more holy than I, and, and he doesn't need to do it that way to you, but that's how it had to work with me. Probably not the best way, but it worked over time, right? And then I found out that what would happen, even if I didn't have something, I would step up here, start praying in the Holy Ghost, and immediately he would drop something in, and it'd be right on time, right on time. I can remember 
the first time uh, that Deb and Stephen came to church, they were sitting there, and God told them to get up and go to Boomerang that morning. Well, they get up. I got my notes. They're all printed out, and I take those notes. I get up there, and the first thing he does when I stand up there is he says, uh, I knew that they had come from more of a denominational type church, and we're not that, you know. And uh, I knew that they would already probably be uncomfortable. I also knew that God had great plans for them. And so my logic was saying, I don't want them to be uncomfortable. That's what my logic was saying. But the Holy Ghost says something different. And I get up there and it was, you know, I get up there and I remember saying, they just played through three songs. I know they're not denominational songs. And the Holy Spirit said, play that last song again. Play that last song again. And I'm sitting there going, God, I don't want to play that last song again. Because I know they're already uncomfortable. I know they're supposed to be here. I don't want to play that last song again. I'm thinking this. I'm not talking to him yet. I'm just thinking it. Of course, he's hearing me. And uh, he knows my thoughts. And he said, play the last song again. So then, uh, Deb, in that, in that building, you were standing in the middle over, over there, uh, right a little bit offset of the middle. And they started playing that song again. Not a, not a hymnal song, not a denominational song. I'm already uncomfortable, but I've learned to rest on my knowledge that he wants relationship with us. And all of a sudden, I start playing that song, and I remember Deb sat there, and she went, like, like this. I mean, just like a puddle of tears and snot and everything else. And I'm like, well, either God's touching her or they hate us, one or the other. You know, I don't know. One or the other, something's going on. And, and about that time, I was like, okay, well... And then I get up there, and as I'm walking up there, I got, do you have a piece of paper? No. It's, it's fine. Just give me anything. There you go. So I'm walking up there. I got my notes. And I said, hey, y'all. I said, take out your notes that you had for today and set it to the side because we're not preaching that today. And I was like, great. Awesome. Now, what they didn't know at that time, but I knew, was I didn't even know their, who they were. But I had heard their name, and the first time I ever heard their name, the Lord said, start praying for them. Start praying for them. Start praying. So for a year, I had been praying for somebody. I didn't even know who it was. And then the Lord moved through soccer, and relationship was built, and I found out who they were. But I've been praying for years, so I know God wants to do something big and important and connect them so that their whole family could grow. I knew that that was. And all of a sudden, uh, I know it's an important day. And God says, play the song again. Okay, let's put pressure on them. Yeah, great, Lord, awesome. That's what, you know. But I knew what he said. I trusted that. I go, I go, I say that. All of a sudden, now look, don't, you can't run off and just be like, well, I heard the Lord. It's got to line up with Scripture. It's got to line up with Scripture. You can't just fly off the handle. There's some, there's some things that you need to do when you think you've heard from the Lord. But anyway, in this moment, here all of a sudden it goes, and, and I get up there, and he says, don't preach that. Great, okay, I'm walking to the platform. What do you want me to preach? Yeah. Hey, you know, I get up there, he's like, I'll tell you. Awesome. 
Lord, I trust your relationship. See, this is knowledge. This is a knowledge that's not just an amen knowledge. It's not just a, yeah, I agree with that. Yes, I know that it's there. This is a knowledge that I trust in you to walk in you. Even when I don't know it, I know that you will give me what to say. I'm prepared. I've spent time with you. I know what to do. See, he's doing it right now. I wasn't planning on telling this story, but he's, he's doing that very thing right at this moment. I trust where he's leading because somebody or all of us need to hear that. All of a sudden, I preach and I start preaching. He starts giving me some scriptures. I go to the scriptures. I'm explaining them. I'm talking about it. I'm teaching and preaching and everything like that. We get to the end of the service. By then, Deb had collected herself. And uh, they're walking out the door. And, and I remember Stephen going, hey, preacher, great, great message. Thank you so very much. And walked out the door. I was like, yeah, thanks so much for coming. And I was thinking, they're never coming back. <laughs> they're never coming back. Now... I corrected myself because that was a bad confession, but I knew, I was like, most people that talk like that as a, oh, great message today, thank you, I really got a lot out of that. Most people that say that kind of, they're real nice, but they ain't coming back. So I had learned that by then. I mean, I was a young preacher, but I've been preaching long enough to know that, right? And I was like, oh man, well, I was like, Man, Lord, did I just screw that up or what? What is going on? I don't know. What's going on here? All of a sudden that afternoon, here's what happens. I get a text from Stephen, from her husband. And uh, I get a text from him. And he says this. He said, preacher, he said, I have never seen the power of God move that strongly in my life. Well, that was not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> like, what do you, I said, what do you mean? He says, for a long time now, I have had seven scriptures that I've been wondering what they meant. Even this morning, I woke up and I was asking God, what does this scripture mean? What does this scripture mean? What does this scripture mean? I want to know what these scripture means. I want you to know. That when you threw away your notes and preached that message, you hit every one of them and explained them. And I was like, you know, it was tech, so I was at home going, glory to God, yes! <laughs> Woo! You know, I was like, hallelujah, but it was, you know, I was really happy because I knew that God had great plans for them, and I just wanted to make sure that I did my part. And I said, well... Uh, what about your wife? <laughs> like, because I still don't know, like, you're happy, but she melted in worship. I'm not sure. He says, oh, the power of God, basically, he got it to me. I don't know that he had words to tell me exactly, but basically, when we played that song and she said it later, she said, the Holy Spirit and the anointing hit me, and I just melted. It just melted my heart. And, and then they were here, and they've been here, and she's uh, run our children's ministry for years now. And our children are awesome, man. If, if you need something prayed for, you, you should ask one of our super kids, because they, they know how to pray, and they know how to believe God. They are awesome. And so thank you. You've been doing a great job with that. But my point is, there's a difference between having a knowledge of God that is just superficial and on the surface. And, and a lot of times Christians are carrying that kind of knowledge where they can amen stuff. They agree, oh yeah, I believe in healing. But when's the last time they got healed? 
Oh, yeah, I believe in prosperity, but when's the last time that the power of God hit their finances? You know? Oh, yeah, I believe in getting people saved. Yes, amen, we need to save people and get them baptized. All right, when's the last time somebody you led somebody to the Lord? Right. Oh, yeah, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When's the last time they got filled with the Holy Spirit? We need the fruit. We need the fruit. It can't just be amen knowledge. It can't just be knowledge in our head. It's got to be something that you know, that you know, that you know. It's got to be alive in you. It's got to be a part of who you are. And how do you get there? You focus on that. He says, look, may the grace and peace be multiplied. Anybody want some grace of God and peace of God to multiply in your life? He says, get some knowledge about me, but not just knowledge. Don't just get it in your head. Get it in you. Let it become who you are. Oh, glory. Glory. Y'all are quiet today. I'm going to believe that you're just taking it all in and that this knowledge I'm dropping is just like glory. Wow. Amen. I, I believe, yeah, I believe that. Amen. He says this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Hear this. Watch this. Seeing, what, what's the knowledge supposed to see and know and make a part of you? Seeing that His divine power, so we're not talking about man's divine power, His divine power, His divine power, His divine power, has granted, now is this past, present, or future? This has already happened. His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. What are you waiting on in terms of life and godliness? Nothing. Not a thing. And who granted it to you? God did by His power, not by your power, not by my power. God did it by His power. Every believer has, by the divine power of God, has been granted everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, what, what are we talking about, life and godliness? In John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that they might have Abundant life, life in abundance. Put John 10.10 in the Amplified, please. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life abundantly, more abundantly. Look at this in the Amplified. The Amplified basically takes that scripture and said, here's what it meant in the original language. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I came. I came for this purpose, that they may have Life and enjoy life and have it, how? In abundance, to the full, till it overflows. Every believer is called to overflow. So when he says back in Peter, 2 Peter, when he says, I have granted you everything pertaining to life, what he's saying is, I have already given it to you and I've given you by my divine power everything to have a full and overflowing life. I've given you everything. Everything you will ever need. And for godliness. Has anybody ever seen... Let me show you something the world teaches. Well, I just can't forgive that person. Well, now, hold on a second. 
Because he's given you everything pertaining to godliness. Isn't it godly to forgive? Well, somebody's lying. Somebody's telling us a story. I bet it's not Jesus. I just got a good inkling. It ain't Jesus. But see, we'll say, I just can't forgive, forgive them. I, they've just done too much. Somebody's like, now see, that's something the world just takes and believes. But our job is to humble ourselves to this word, to see what it says. Say, he's already given me everything pertaining to godliness. I can forgive. I can strive to keep the unity. I can put down my flesh. I can, I can, I can do everything. I can put on joy. I can put on uh, perseverance. I can put these things on. Why? Because he's already given me everything pertaining to godliness. I just haven't known about it or I didn't know how to do it. But that's what church is for, is to help you grow up. The first part of growing up in that is knowing that God has given you everything. Now listen, I'm telling you right now, everybody that's hearing this, you can have Jesus. And if you have Jesus, you can have the overcomer on the inside of you. And if you got the overcomer on the inside of you, everything to have life to the full till it overflows and everything to do every bit of godliness is already on the inside of you. The kingdom is within you. Everything you need is right here. Recently I got to hear Dr. Bill Winston talking and, and he he was talking uh, about how this was in you, how the power of God was in you. You're not waiting on God to give you something. Why? Because he already said, I have granted it to you. You're not waiting on it. You got it right now. If you know Jesus, you have it right now. George Washington Carver. Right? He, he invented all these things for the peanut. That's, what, that's one of the major things he's known for. He did a bunch of stuff. But here's what God said. He said, I never fumbled around in the dark in my science. Why? Because he knew on the inside of him, he had an overcomer. He knew that the solutions, that the patents, that the inventions, they were in him because they were in Jesus. That Jesus created everything. He said, if I got you, I got everything I need. Inside of me, you have granted everything pertaining to life, fullness of life and overflowing. You've already granted it to me. Well, I haven't been living that way. I get that. I, there's many times I haven't been living that way too. And I'm still learning how to live it better. We're all in this together, growing up together. That's the point. And when you have that moment where you just have a wall that you're coming to and can't break through, that's when the family of God joins together, gets behind you, and helps you break through that wall. It helps you overcome, go to the next level, be promoted, move to these places. We've got to, we've got to know that God has already granted everything to us. This is a knowledge that we need. Let, let's continue reading this. He says, seeing that his divine power is granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. In other words... He didn't just put these in there just for you to go do whatever you want to do or whatever you think. He put them in there because he's got a calling on every one of us, an individual calling and a calling in a corporate body to go and do what he has planned. 
Then he says this, verse 4. For he, for by these, by these things, he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now, what is this saying? It is saying that the power of God and the glory of God and the grace of God has come into our lives and it has made us a partner with the divine nature of God. He has called us into a partnership with his divine nature. What does that mean? That means when I called Danny up here last week, yes, I'm praying for him, but it's not just me praying for him. It is the divine nature of God flowing through somebody and all of a sudden he's laying on the floor because the power of God has hit him. It's a divine nature of God, not something I could do on my own, but with Jesus because of the overcomer that lives on the inside of me. He can, he can transmit that divine nature, that divine power. He can transmit it to people as we pass through. This is what we're called to do, to be the salt and the light, to produce fruit. This is how we can do the supernatural things that he's called us to do. This is how we can move in the power of God for real and we can, don't you know that this earth is looking? Don't you know that this earth is looking for something real and genuine right now? Yeah. It's why you see all these movies talking about the supernatural because you got a people that are hungry for the real and they were created in the image and likeness of God and they're eating up Hollywood's throwing all kinds of supernatural stuff out there and the church has the answer. They have the divine nature and power of God on the inside of them and it's time for that to be released. It's time for us to move in who we're created to be, made in His image and likeness and operating like Him. Not just the pastors, every believer. Moving and operating in the way that God created them to be. Now see, if you don't know that, you'll never start stepping into that. You'll just go, you'll follow the path that the world takes. You'll never believe that I'm an overcomer. You'll never believe that you're an overcomer. You'll just, you'll just sit there and let life happen to you. When you should be letting life happen, you should be uh, letting God in you happen to life. You should be allowing God and His nature, His divine nature that you are a partner with, a partaker of everything pertaining to life and godliness that's on the inside of you through Jesus Christ. You should be letting Jesus do to the world what He did while He was in the world to do these works and greater and that is destroy the works of the enemy, to let your light shine, to be a life-giving water and a flow of the goodness and the love of of God. It's what we're called to. But if you don't have preaching like this, you don't get faith like, like that, you don't put faith in it, you don't realize that it's there for you to grab a hold of, and all of a sudden the whole society just says, God's just so rough right now, I don't know what we're going to do, you know. 
But when you start to know this, all of a sudden you'll say, Lord, I know what to do. I might not know all the details of how to fix it, but I got an overcomer living on the inside of me that does, and I know how to overcome is to tap into you. In you I live and move and have my being. And if I need something to come into being, it's in you. I give myself to you. I worship you. I praise you. What would you have me do? And things start to come into being. All of a sudden, ideas come to you. Solutions come to you. Healing comes to you. Finances come to you. And all of a sudden, if I need to move somewhere from here to there, from point A to point B, you will empower me with everything I need to do to get there. This is what's on the inside of every believer that has the overcomer, that has Jesus in them. But have we known it? Would you say that you've at least heard something like that before? You can maybe even amen it? Okay, there it is. But would you say that you've had it in you enough that it became you? And you've been living by it for years and years and years to the fullness. I don't think anybody I've ever met is living to the fullness but we can, and we've got to see it, and we've got to say, Lord, I'm going after you. I don't, hey, if nobody else goes after you, I'm going after you. I'm going after you. I'm hungry for you. I humble myself to you and to your ways. Lord, I need you. I need something real, not just in my life, but I need it for the people that are around me too. I need something real. I need the anointing that'll start to put pressure on devils and people and it'll, it'll start casting them out of them just by walking by. I need an anointing that will overflow. Is this for the preachers only? No, no, no this is for every believer. That the anointing in me, when I walk by people, that that anointing will start to heal and deliver and set them free simply because they came close to the, the anointing and glory of God that's living on the inside of me that I'm allowing to flow. See, now it's interesting, just looking at these verses, we're growing in knowledge. How many believers have this in them? All of them. This is a promise to every believer. How many believers have this divine power in them? How many believers have everything pertaining to life and godliness? All of them. Then how come we hadn't seen it? It's a good question, isn't it? Because we might have had enough knowledge to amen it, but not enough knowledge for it to be us and live by it. We meditate on it. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let's go there. Uh, let's look at Joshua 1, 3 first and then verse 8. Joshua 1, 3 says this. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. This is something that believers can start to put faith in. Every place where the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you. Do you have authority over your house? Yes. Do you have, do you have authority? Now, this doesn't mean that we go and we just start taking authority from other people. But as far as I'm concerned, wherever I go, I can walk in the, in the blessings of God. Right? I can walk in those blessings. He says, look, I've given you this. Now, how can, how can a man walk in this kind of authority? Because there's a greater one living on the inside of him. 
This is just a type and shadow of what would happen when Jesus would come in. You know what Joshua used to do? You know what made him so great? Joshua used to do this. God would come down and visit Moses in the temple. You know what Joshua would would do? When Moses got finished and he left, Joshua would stay at the temple in the presence of God. In him we live and move and have our being. It's intimacy, it's fellowship, it's, it's in him. Then it says this in verse 8, it says, This book of the law or this word shall not, he's given us a pattern, he's given us a way. He says, this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, I need to be confessing the promises of God. I need to be putting in uh, the promises of his character and nature. It needs to be in me. But what happens in you know, the majority of the world when all of a sudden, you know, it's flu season and the sniffle comes up. <laughs> oh, I must be getting the flu. Yeah. That's not the word of God. Oh, what? oh, I must be, uh, you know, boss, I, I'm sorry. I had a sniffle today. You know, it's flu season. I apologize if I'm out at the end of the week. I, who knows? Well, we can know. We can have knowledge. No, there's a greater one that lives on the inside of me. He's already taken every sickness and disease, hung it up on that tree. And then it says that in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 61, every sickness and disease named or unnamed is a part of the curse. And then over in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, and the curse was hung on Jesus and he has redeemed us from the curse. We're redeemed. We're bought back from that curse. We don't have any part with the curse. Why do we think the curse is normal? Sickness is the curse. Poverty is the curse. Uh, Being in bondage, that's the curse. We are not supposed to have a part with it. Not supposed to have a part with it. And yet, we've looked at it as normal because we haven't known that he made us a promise otherwise. And he gave us authority in our lives to live and believe a certain way. And when we don't live a certain way, then what we do is it's like, you know, sickness and disease comes knocking at our door. And we're like, oh, hey, sickness and disease, come on in. Come on in. Whereas, if you know who you are in Christ, and you know these promises, you know you've been redeemed from the curse. You hear a knock at the door. You open the door and there's sickness, disease, poverty, bondage. You'd be like, get off my yard. Get out of here. You got no right. right. All of a sudden, there's a different response. It's a lot easier to deal with it like that than to let it come in and get rooted and then be like, you know, day five of the flu. (laughs) Jesus, heal me. You know, you don't you don't want that. That's a lot harder to deal with. It's a lot easier. Just get off my yard at the first part. But when you don't have knowledge, then you just let stuff in. Everybody's had this life in them, but they haven't meditated on the word. They haven't confessed it. It's not been in their mouth. Look at this, what it says. It says, this book of the law or this word shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And when you do that, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Who makes their way prosperous 
And who has success because of what they do? Because of how they handle the word? We do. When it becomes a part of us, how does it become a part of us? He just told us, when you don't let that word and the promise be removed from your mouth, when you don't let it be removed from your mouth, and the word says meditate on that word day and night, when it says meditate there, the word literally means mutter. It means to mutter it. In other words, we're going down and, and not actually a few days ago, I started, uh, my nose was running for whatever reason, I have no idea, and it started up, I was like, oh no, I'm the healed of the Lord. I, I walk in divine health and I carry an anointing for supernatural healing. I, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because this is who I am. And when you poke me, that's what comes out. Why? Because I meditate on it. I've muttered it. I've spoken these things. I've confessed them. It, I've made it a part of me. This is not just like some you know, mental game that you know. This is the reason it works is it's the word of God. Love is in it. And then all of a sudden when you put love in there, it will empower your faith. It will empower the promises of God. It will empower His divine nature to work in you. How did God create things? And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be. And God said, let there be. You are made in His image and likeness. We've got to start speaking things and speaking the, this power of God in our life. He says in Proverbs 18, 20 and 21, it says this, Man will live by the fruit of their mouth. But how are you going to speak these things if it's not really who you are? KFA, the first part of it is knowledge. We've got to know what he said. And this is what I said today. You've got to know that the overcoming is already accomplished and deposited in you if you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, the overcomer is already in you. The overcomer is just waiting to come out. The overcomer knows how to handle the obstacle. The overcomer knows how to handle that, that uh, thing that's standing in your way, that hurdle, that roadblock, that wall. The overcomer already has got it figured out. He already knows exactly what you need. All you have to have is the overcomer. How many people have ever been walking in life and you've known Jesus? You've known him. But then you, one day you just you wake up and you just don't feel like talking to him that day. Your flesh is talking, not the spirit man, but the flesh man. It's like, I don't even want to talk to you today. And, and why would you feel that way? I don't know. It's just how I feel. I think all of us at some point have felt that on some level. And it could be just this. He's telling you, you know, it's like, well, I want you to go forgive that person and, and, and relieve them of that. And you're like, I don't want to do that because they did blah, blah, blah. And what we're doing is we're saying, Jesus, I don't want any part with you. It's the same thing as not waking up and saying, hey, Jesus, I love you. Many of us over time, if our relationship with Jesus is always supposed to be a five, many of us. At certain times, our relationship has been more like a two or a three. And today, you may have known him, you may have not known him, but what you need more than anything is you need to know the overcomer. You need to know him for, for real. You need to have intimate fellowship with him. You need to have knowledge of him. You need to walk with him. He needs to be so alive in you so that, that his nature will come out. 
And I just want you to bow your head right now. If you're hearing this message today, and we're not done, so don't everybody think you're just going to get up and go. I just don't want you to be surprised. We're going to pray. I want you, we need your faith, every joint supplying. We're going to minister to some folks. You may be saying, you know what, I need, to, I need a life like Pastor Brown was talking about. Or you may be saying, you know what, I need it to be more real. Lord, I, I hear you. You're, you're calling me to go higher. You're calling me to go up. Or I've, I've never known you, but today I need to know you. Now if that's you today, I just, I need to have my relationship more real. I need to live in you today. And you know what? You may have prayed last week. And this week, you just don't feel it the same way you felt it last Sunday. That means you need to just commit again today because here's what you'll find. In Hebrews 4, it says this. It says, when you need help, you come to the throne of grace and you will find help in time of need because we have a high priest who has overcome. He's overcome it all. Everything that may be attacking you and trying to keep you back, he's already overcome it. In the spirit, he's already won the victory for you. It's simply a matter of saying, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. I'm not going to be the boss. I'm going to let you be the boss. I submit myself, Jesus, to you, to your ways, to what you've told me in your word, to what you have the Holy Ghost tell me. I submit myself to you today. If you're just sitting here and you're saying, Lord, I need it. I need to be higher today. Just, just raise your hand and keep it up. I want to look at them. I want to see you. I, I got I to walk on that level today. I've got to walk. Just keep them up. I see them, a lot of them. Just keep them up. Lord, I need, I need that overcomer manifesting in my life. I need some divine nature in my life today. Just keep them up. I want to keep seeing them. Every head bowed. Lord, I need, I need some solutions. I need solutions today. I need something real today. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. I, I need help. I can't do this. I've tried doing it on my own. It's not working. I need help today. If that's you, just raise your hand. Glory to God. Now just put your hands down. And let's just pray. This is what I've found. And when you get serious with God, He'll get serious with you. And what we're doing right here, I'm not just prolonging the service just so I can hold you. I'm letting the Holy Ghost do and work with people in their hearts where they're at. And the Holy Ghost will do something right now, but a lot of times what happens is for some reason, we just don't yield to Him fast. Our flesh, attacks, deception, whatever it is, devil, whatever it does, you know, for whatever reason. When we just learn to yield to him in humility and peace and grace and quick, oh man, does life go easy. So I want us all right now just to pray. Every one of us just to pray out loud. Don't pray in your mind, pray with your mouth. 
Jesus didn't leave us in the place where there was no power. He didn't leave us destitute with, in death. He always looked for a way to bring us to life, grace, and peace. He always looked for a way. But we had to decide, Lord, I want to do it your way. And so this morning, we're deciding. Lord, I'm deciding. I'm doing it your way. And he says how to do that is to pray. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead. So we're going to pray that right now. Lord, we're going to get serious in our hearts. Today, right now, lives are changing. Jesus is helping. Jesus is pouring out. And just say this, pray this with your mouth, but don't just repeat what I say, but mean it with your heart. Make it yours. Make it personal right now. Just say, Father, right now, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. He's in charge. Not me anymore. I will do what He tells me to do. He's the director of my life. He calls the shots and I'm obedient. And I believe that He took my mess on Him. My sin. And right now, I decide I won't keep doing that. Because He's the Lord I will walk in His righteousness. I will walk in His holiness. I will change my ways. And I believe that my sin took Him to the cross and the grave so that He might deal with it. And He dealt with it. And I believe that God brought Him back to life and raised him up from death and seated him in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. And I believe that he didn't leave me in that grave, but he raised me up with Jesus. And now according to your word, according to the Bible, your promise, I am seated with him in heavenly places, in Christ. I'm in the overcomer, and the overcomer is in me. I have been granted power from God and a partner with His divine nature. And I receive it today. Now just let that sit for a second. You are receiving a partnership with Almighty God, the creator of the universe. There's nobody in here that's going to be able to convince me that the creator of all things can't solve your issues. And right now, just right there in your seats, many of you, you might just want to raise your hands just like a funnel to God and just worship in Him. Right now, just receive right as you sit there the power of God to do everything that needs to do in your life. Everything that you need to happen right now. If you need healing, Father, touch them. Let them receive that healing right now. If they need overflow in their finances, Lord, right now, bring overflow. Lord, if they need just the chains to fall off, in the name of Jesus, every chain fall off now. 
In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Lord, let your anointing break every yoke. Man, people are receiving. I can sense it. Wow. Glory to God. So, Vereda Amata Ofredic Omase, Vantolo Comasibe, Anche Ota Otoroka. Now, just pray this with me. Just say, Father, I just ask you right now that Jesus would baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire so that I can walk out this life the way you'd have me walk it in power and might and your glory in Jesus' name. Now just receive that. God's changing lives in here right now. He's turning you from somebody who was overcome to the one who overcomes. He's releasing in you the power of Jesus, the power of the overcomer inside your life. The devil can't lie to you anymore and say that you're not worthy, that you're not, that you're not going to be able to do it. He can't lie to you with thoughts of depression and suicide. He can't lie to you about that anymore because you are in the overcomer and the overcomer is in you. He can't lie to you anymore about that. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you and will not be separated from his love. You are more than that because of Jesus by yourself. We, we couldn't do it, but with Jesus, we are more than an overcomer. Lives are changing. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, just keep your head bowed right now. If you prayed that prayer and you're like, Pastor, I needed to pray that today. I needed to get my relationship where it was. Just lift your hand so I can see it. Just keep it up. Keep him up. Keep him up. I needed that prayer today. I needed that change. And when I prayed, it meant something. Just hold your hand up now so I can see it. I want to pray for you. Glory to God. They keep going up. They keep going up. Amen. Glory to God. Go ahead. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for that. Father, right now, everybody, you can put your hand down. Everybody that had their hand raised. Lord, I just pray that they would be filled and overflowing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Lord, keep them. Your word says that you won't take us out of this world, but you will keep us from the evil one. They are kept. Let them be kept. Angels, guard them. Help them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. 